Shalom to all. You are listening to the Quick Parsha, presented daily by All Parsha, and today we're going to be learning the third Ali in Parsha's Mishpatim, that is Perak Chav Bey's Pasuk Dalad. And we have been learning the halachas of punitive damages, and we continue in that vein. The Pasuk tells us, Kiyavir Ish Oikerem, when a person leads his animal through a field or vineyard, Mishilach has Bi'irai, or he sends forth his animal, and it causes damages, it animals its way into another field. He has to pay from the best of his field or the best of his vineyard. Let's take a look at Rashi over here, Pasuk Dalad. Ki Yaver, as Bi'irai and Ubi'er, we have all these words of Yaver, Bi'irai, and Bi'er. Kulam Hashayin Behema, all this has to do with an animal. Kemoi, Anachnu Ubi'irenu. Ki Yaver, Yerlech Behema Yosef Besad of Ekerem Shalchaveri. He brings his animal to the field or vineyard of his friend. Ve'yazik Oyseh Be'achaz Mishte'ela, and he damages it in one of these two ways. Rashi tells us either trampling or eating it. Let's take a look at the next Rashi. In a field of someone else. He has to pay the best of his field. We evaluate the damage. And if you would like to pay him with land, the value of that which he owes him, he has to pay from the best of his field. If the value of the damage was a sela, he has to give him the value of a sela from the best land that he has. The Torah teaches us, that any time we evaluate damages, it is evaluated based off of the best property that this person owns. And back to Chomish Pasuk Hei, when a fire goes forth, and it finds thorns, and then it consumes a pile of grain, or standing grain, or a field, the one that lit that fire has to pay money. Let's take a look at Rashi over here. Pasuk Hei, even though this fire went out all on its own, and it found thorns, and it ate a pile of grain, this fire went, and it licked these thorns, and it burned these thorns until it got to this pile of grain or the standing grain which is connected to the ground or a field what does that mean it ate a field it licked it scorched the plowed field now this person has to plow his field again even though he lit the fire in his own property and this fire went out on its own because it found these thorns he still has to pay this person did not watch his fire, his coal. He wasn't careful with his barbecue or his bonfire. And because of that, it went out and caused his damage. He has to pay for that. Back to the Chomish Pasuk Vav. And these next Pesachim are going to be teaching about the halachas of Shemrim guardians. There are four main categories. Shemr Chinam, a Shemr doing his job for free. Shemr Sacher, someone who's getting paid. Shoyal is a borrower. In essence, he's guarding the object. And a Sacher, someone that's renting an object. So Pasuk Vav tells us, A person gives his friend money or value to watch the gunav in base ish and they're stolen from this person's house if that person is found yishalim shnayim so he has to pay too he has to pay double however if the thief is not found vinegar of balabais him and this balabais is brought to bezdin and he has to make a shvuah that he did not send his hand out meaning he didn't take his friend's object i called varpesha about any sinful words meaning a false shvuah al shar about an ox al chamar a donkey al seb about a sheep al salma about a garment, I'll call Aveda about any lost object, Asher Yoimar, that he says, and we're going to talk about who the he is, 
this is it. The matter of these two people is going to be brought to Bezdin. Whoever the Bezdin finds guilty, he has to pay double to his friend. So this is the halachas of a Shemer Chinam. And let's take a look at Rashi over here, Pasuk Vav. Rashi tells us, it was stolen from the Shemer, that's at least what his claim is, that it was stolen from him. If the thief is found, then this thief has to pay double to the owner. And this Shemer comes, Shehu Baalbayas, He's the Baal Bias in this Pasuk, Vinikrav El Dayanam, and he's brought to the judges, Ladun Imze, to have a judgment with the other person, meaning the person that gave him the object. He has to swear to him, that he didn't send his hand out, meaning the Shimer himself didn't steal the object. Pasuk Chesen Rashi, If it turns out that he was a liar, he swore falsely, Edim come and they say that this person himself stole the object. And the Bezdin finds him guilty based off of these Edim. The next Rashi tells us, The basic understanding of Asher Yomar Kihuzeh, he says, this is it. This witness says, This object which he swore about, It's by him. So in this matter is brought to the judges, and they're going to investigate this testimony. And of these witnesses, they're good kosher witnesses, and it turns out that this Shemer, he was wrong, so this Shemer, he turns out to be the thief, so he has to pay double. But if we have other Edim that come and say that these witnesses, they were false, they have to pay double to the Shemer because they wanted him to pay double, so they have to pay double in his stead. Go to the next Rashi. The Pasuk is teaching you some of them makes a claim with a deposit to say that it was stolen from him. It turns out that he stole it. He has to pay double. When is that? That's only when he swore. And then Edom came to say that he stole it. Then he has to pay double. And let's go back to Chomish Pasuk test. And this Pasuk is talking about a Shemer Sach. If a person gives to his friend chamor a donkey or shor an ox or a sheep or any animal lishmar in order to guard it umes it died or nishbar or it got injured or nishba or is captured ain raya and there was no one that saw what happened. So since no one saw what happened there is just an oath of Hashem that's in between the two of them and the shvua is that he didn't send forth his hand to his friend's thing meaning he didn't steal his friend's animal and the owner has to take it, meaning the owner has to accept this shvua, and the shamer doesn't have to pay. However, if it was stolen from him, then he has to pay the owner. If it was torn apart, then he could bring a witness. He doesn't have to pay for the trefa for this animal that was torn apart. Unless I can look at Rashi over here, a Pasuk test. The first Rashi just tells us what we already know, that these first set of psukim were talking about a shamer chinam, and this set of psukim that we just read was talking about a shamer sachar. The second Rashi says, there's no one that saw that was able to tell what happened with this. So Pasuk Yonarashi tells us, we have to have an oath. He has to swear that this is what happened. Exactly as he claims. And he didn't send forth his hand, meaning he didn't use it for himself. If he used it for himself, and then this accident happened, then he's for any accident that happens. And the owners have to accept this and the Shemer doesn't have to pay anything. However, Pasuk Yud says, Vim tarif yutarif, if it was torn apart, a wild animal, 
tore apart this animal that he was watching. He just has to bring Adim witnesses that say that it was torn apart and it was an accident. Upater and he's going to be Pater. He doesn't have to pay for it. The Pasuk doesn't say he doesn't have to pay for it if it's torn apart. The one which is torn apart. What do we learn from here? There is a scenario that he doesn't have to pay, but there is a scenario when it's torn apart, he still has to pay. If it was torn apart by a cat, a fox, or a martin, not a martin, a martin, M-A-R-T-E-N, then he would have to pay. If it was torn apart by a wolf, a lion, a bear, or a snake, then he doesn't have to pay. And who whispered to you? Meaning, how do we know that there's this difference? Just like if it died, there was nothing you could do about it. So too, if it got injured or if it got captured, it has to be that there was nothing you could do about it. If a cute cat came up to it and tore it apart, there was something you could have done. However, if a bear came, there was nothing you could have done, and therefore you're not going to be chayv in that case. And let's go back to the Chomish Pasuk Yigimel. We're going to be talking about a shayl over here, someone that borrows something. If a person borrows something from his friend, or got injured, or died, and the owner is not with it, he has to pay. However, if the owner was with it, he doesn't have to pay. And if he rented this, so it's come to him because he rented it. Let's take a look at Rashi over here, Pasuk Yigimel. This is teaching us about a shayl, someone who borrows something, he is have to pay if an accident happens. If the owner of this ox is not with the borrower when he's doing his work, so then he would have to pay. But in Baal of Imai, the next Pasuk had said, whether the owner is there doing work with the animal itself, whether he's doing a different sort of work, if he was there when the animal was borrowed, he doesn't actually have to be there at the time where it got injured or died. The person who borrowed it does not have to pay. And then the Apostle concluded with Im Sachirhu, if he had rented it, Im Hashar Enashol, he didn't borrow it, El Sachar, he rented it. And the Apostle says, Ba Bischarai. What does that mean? Liyad Hasachar Hazeh, it came to his hand because he had rented it. Vlebishela, not because he borrowed it. They call an Ashaloi, he doesn't get all the benefit from it. Shareali De Sachar Nishtamish, the only reason why he's able to use it is because he had to pay for it. And so therefore, he's not like someone that borrowed it that he has to pay even if an accident happens. However, the Pasuk doesn't tell us what he does have to pay. As he like a Shemrachinam, at the end of the day, he has to pay for it. So maybe he's like a Shemrachinam. Maybe he's like a Shemrachinam because he's allowed to use it. So therefore, we have a Machlaikas, Seicher Kesem Misham. How does a Seicher pay? Rabbi Meir Aimer, he says, Kesemrachinam. Rabbi Huda Aimer, Kesemrachinam. He's like a Shemrachinam. And back to Chomish Pasuk Tazvav with a new set of halachas. If a person seduces a virgin, she was not engaged, and he laid with her, he has to now take her for himself as a wife. But if her father refuses to give her to him, he has to pay money, like the payment of Basulais. Let's take a look at Rashi over here. He spoke to her heart. He seduced her until she listened to him. Go to the next Rashi. He has to set a certain amount of money for her. What does that mean? Just like a person treats his wife. He has to write a suba for her, telling her that he's going to give her a certain amount of money. And then 
he has to marry her. However, Pasuk Tezayin told us that if the father doesn't want her to marry him, so then he has to pay This is a set amount of 50 silver pieces. This has to do with someone who forces himself upon a basula. A sorceress is not allowed to live. Let's take a look at Rashi over here. She has to be killed by Bezdin. This is talking about a male or female sorcerer or sorceress. It's usually the women that practice black magic and sorcery and not the men. But this applies equally to men and women. Back to Chomish Pasuk Yudchas, Anyone that lies carnally with an animal shall surely die. Rashi says, he gets stoned. The one that does the action or has it done to him has the same Someone that slaughters an animal for other gods, for idols, he shall be destroyed. This is only for Hashem and not for anyone or anything else. Let's take a look at Rashi over here. This means for other gods, for idol worship. Let's skip the rest of Rashi and go to Rashi Yoharam, Yumas, he shall be killed. And in the continuation of this Rashi, he just explains to us that it's not only if someone slaughters something for Avaidazar that he would be Chayav Misa, it's also if he lights incense or if he pours wine libations for the Avaidazar, he would also be Chayav. However, if he decides to sweep in front of it or clean the whole area of the Avaidazara, then he's over love, but he's not Chayav Misa. And back to Chomish Pasuk Chav, and you shall not abuse or persecute a ger and don't oppress him because you were gerim in the land of Mitzrayim. Let's take a look at Rashi Pasuk Chaf. Rashi says This is talking about harassing him verbally. The next Rashi tells us Don't steal his money. If you abuse him he could also respond in kind and tell you You also came from gerim because your forefathers were gerim in the land of Mitzrayim. A flaw that you have, don't speak about that same flaw to your friend. You have it within yourself, so don't speak about it to your friend because you're, so to speak, guilty of the same thing. And let's go back to Chomish Pasuk Chafalaf. Call Almana Vyasim Loisa Anun. You shall not abuse or harass a widow or orphan. If you shall do this, because when they call out to me, I'm going to hear their outcry. And my anger is going to flare. And I will kill you with the sword. And your wives, they will be widows, and your children will be a simim. Let's take a look at Rashi over here. This is really talking about anyone. Don't harass or bother or abuse or persecute anyone. The Pasuk is talking about, which is common, they're very weak. They're not able to stand up for themselves. It's very common to harass them as opposed to someone else. Pasuk Chav Beis Rashi tells us, This is a short Pasuk. The Pasuk doesn't tell us what's going to happen if you do. However, the next Pasuk tells us, what will Hashem do? From the fact that it says, I'm going to kill you by the sword. Don't I know automatically that once a person is killed, so of course his wife is going to be a widow and his children are going to be orphans. So why does the Pasuk have to speak that out? This is actually another curse. The women are going to be bound up like living widows. They're not going to have any witnesses to whether or not their husbands died. They're not going to be able to remain 
marry, and the children, they're going to be orphans. The Bezin is not going to allow them to go and use their father's property. It's not theirs, it's their father's. We're not going to know if the father was killed or if he was captured, and that's even worse than the father actually being killed. And back to the Chumash Pasuk Chav Dalad, on to another topic. Over here, the word im does not mean if, it means when. When you will lend money to my nation, as Ha'an Imach, the poor person among you, don't act towards him like a creditor. Don't place interest upon him. Let's take a look at Rashi over here. Pasuk Chav Dalad. Im Kesef Talas Ami. Rabbi Shmuel Omer, he says, call im ve'im shebatayra. Anytime it says the word im, rishos. That means you're allowed to. If, if you would like to do so, you can. Chutz mi gimel, except for three times. V'zeachar mehen. And this is one of them, that im means when, and it doesn't mean if. Es Ami. Ami v'nachri. If you have an option to lend money to a Jew or to a Gentile, Ami kaidim. So my nation, a Jew, comes first. Ani v'ashir. You could lend money either to a poor person or to a rich person. Ani kaidim. So the poor person comes first. Ani what about someone poor in your city or someone poor in a different city? The poor people in your city come first. And this is the way we can understand it. When you lend money, you should lend it to my nation. Before a Gentile. And to which person of my nation should you lend money to? To a poor person. And which poor person? The one that is with you, meaning the one in your city. Rashi says, You shouldn't be like a Naisha, like a creditor. Don't claim it forcibly. If you know that he doesn't have money to pay you back, don't act towards him as if you lent him money. Act as if you didn't lend him any money. Don't embarrass him every time you see him. Hint to him that he owes you the money. Be easy on him. He's going to pay you back. Neshech, what's Neshech? Ribis, that's interest. Shukin shichas nachash, it's like the bite of a snake. That's why it's called Neshech. Shenoishech chabur katana, a snake, he makes a little bite. Beragulay, in a person's foot. Ve'enu margish, the person can't feel it. Upitam, and suddenly, humevatsveis v'neifechad kerkade, all of a sudden he has puffing and swelling all the way till his head. Kach ribis, the same thing with interest. Enu margish v'enu nicker, he can't really feel it, it's a little bit at first. Ancha haribis, oilu machasri mamon harbe, until the ribis gets compounded on top of itself and he ends up paying so much more money. And let's go back to if you're going to take the garment of your friend as a security or collateral, until the sun sets, you should have returned it to him. Because this is his only covering. This is the garment for his skin. With what is he going to lie? And it will be when he calls out to me, and I'm going to listen to him, because I'm compassionate. Let's take a look at Rashi. This word of This does not mean taking a collateral or security at the time that you're lending him the money. We only take this collateral when it's come time to repay the loan and he hasn't repaid it. Go to the next Rashi. You have to give him back his garment the entire day until the sun sets. And when the sun sets, you could take it back until the next morning comes and then you have to give him back his garment. We're talking about a garment that he wears during the day. He doesn't need it at night. So you keep it at night. You give it back to him during the day to wear and then once again, you take it back at night. 
Pasuk Chavav and Rashi tells us, Ki Kesusai, Zutalis, this is talking about his outer garment, Simlasai Zechalak, this is his shirt, so it's slightly more of an undergarment. Bameyishkov, what's he going to sleep in? Larabas Amatsa, this includes his sheets. So we're talking about something that he has only one of this object. You have to take it only at a time that he doesn't need it, and you have to return it to him at a time that he does need it. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with the fourth Aliyah in this parsha. Everyone should have a wonderful day.